Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Wonderful. Welcome to Wonderful, a show where we talk about things that are good, we like, and into it, all of them. We are into them. The things we talk about on this Uh show. A lot of people get on the comments and they're like, you don't actually like, uh, you know, Guy Fieri trash can nachos. Um, which I've not talked about on the show before, but that was just like a rough example of something that we would. Now I have to pivot. Because when I talk about my thing, people are going to be like, I wish you had talked about Guy Fieri trash can nachos instead. You can can put that on the, the, uh, what, the bench? I'll put it on the, The batter's box? Bench is bad. If you say like, I'm going to bench Guy Fieri's trash can nachos, that's bad. If you say, I'm going to put him in the queue. On deck? He's on On deck. deck. He's warming... Guy Fieri's <laughs> trash can nachos is warming up in the dug in the dugout in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. He's throwing baseballs very fast at a net, which I guess helps you play baseball better. Um, yeah, you've I've actually you know I've eaten these before, right? No, I do. Okay, I know this. You gave me a look like you're you're a poser even. No, now. I was trying to think of if you've eaten them multiple times. No, I had them the one time. Okay. We went with uh, Lynn to the Guy Fieri's restaurant, which is what it's called, uh, in Times Square, God, a million years ago now, and we got them. And I'll never forget, it was a singular dining experience for so many reasons, but I was sitting across from this large painted sign on the wall that said, love, peace, and taco grease on it. Yeah, yeah. And that has been stuck in my mind like a thorn in a lion's paw uh, (laughs) since, since that fateful day. But anyway, that's a lot of talk about. Was there merch there? Do you oh, remember? Probably. You it could seems like that would like, be on a shirt. You could probably buy a, a shirt with that on it. You could probably buy a hat with like the Guy Fieri wig sort of poking out of it, mm-hmm. which shame on me. Little did I know that I would be doing a Fieri theme right. sort of <laughs> streaming event, which I haven't talked about on the show. Trial by Fieri is back. I'm playing Ocarina of Time in a really silly way on our YouTube channel at the McCroy family. Uh, Griffin, a lot of times, will say sentences like, well, I got to go do my Fieri thing. I'm like, you are the only person. That's not true. I imagine there's lots of content creators who have said that exact sentence. Who do Fieri stuff? Probably not the way I do it. Everybody <laughs> does their own sort of twisted spin on it. Do you have any small wonders? Um, Gosh, so many, like finales and yeah, new beginnings of shows um i have a feeling that you're gonna talk about one okay uh so I'll, if you want to swoop it do you know swoop it i got lots of good stuff going on right now oh <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um well i mean there's barry yeah man um, but you were the one that thought about it like all day yesterday. So I, feel I couldn't like say I, I was amazed. I, I was looking for some support yesterday, like a, a Barry finale support group. Uh, and you, it, for you had not, it had not been lodged in your brain in the way that it, it, it had. No. Mine. Well, I just it's... wanted to read about it and read other fan interpretations. <laughs> and like, I haven't gotten that deep into some shit like that since like, I don't know, Lost or Breaking Bad or something like that. And I, I have so many that I haven't watched yet. I haven't watched Succession. I haven't watched Yellow Jackets. I will say we finished Survivor. Great fucking season. And of Survivor. I really enjoyed it. Survivor, if you have not, okay, since season 40, which is wild, <laughs> they have really freshened it up. And I, I would say the last four seasons have been uh, like all of them, all time bangers. This season in particular was a really, really, really yeah, fun. Yeah, there, there were very few players that you felt like were just being kept around. Yes. You know, like 
There were very, I mean, there were a couple. There were definitely people who I was like, I don't know that this person should win. But it wasn't like the season where it's like two clear front runners and everybody just trying to get them out every week. You know, yeah. it really felt like week to week, it was anyone's game. Kick-ass finale, mm-hmm. too. One of the more exciting fire-making challenges that yeah. uh, has maybe ever been on the show before. Uh, really great. Really great. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was going to... I had one night a couple nights ago where we watched the Barry finale, and then I finished the new Zelda game. And that was a very emotionally sort of compromising. <laughs> a lot of highs, a lot of lows, yeah. a lot of victories and defeats. Um, yeah, that was just a good night. That new Zelda game, y'all, is something special. Very special video game. I'm very excited that uh, I, I, it exists and we got to play it. Um, you go first this week. Yes. What do you got for me? The thing I'm going to talk about this week. Yes. Is feelings. This is. Not the song. The, just that there are them. What song? You know, the feeling, nothing more than, yeah. You sing, that's the quietest I've ever heard anyone sing. (laughs) I don't like. The lack of. I don't like singing publicly. That is true. I sing to our young son in a dark room by myself. It's very good to catch some of that through the door. (laughs) I love that very much. Um, No, just the feelings. Just the thing of feelings, yes. This is kind of new to me. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel's entering a new era of connection with herself and her fellow human. There are these things that I guess I've had all along. It's very Wizard of Oz uh, that I didn't really know were there or how to connect with them or talk about them. I've mentioned group therapy on the show before. Unfortunately, when I moved to D.C., I had to kind of sever that relationship in Austin. Um, It's something that I'm planning to pick up again in D.C. Yeah. Uh, but it really kind of springboarded me into uh, the ability to have a feeling, recognize it, and talk about it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been very cool <laughs> as your husband to sit. Not that there was some fatal flaw in your character before you did this thing, but it has been a genuinely fascinating and exciting <laughs> transformation to watch on my end. Yeah. I I mean, I would say you and I are similar in that – uh, we, we don't go to feeling first. Um, I would say we are, we are problem solvers yes. kind of at our core. Yes. Uh, and this is something we really had to explore when we had Henry. Yes. Because I think we were realizing that we had this kind of problem solving approach that we were trying to kind of rush him to a solution. And if you are a new parent or even if you're not and you're interested in this stuff, let me summarize every children's parenting book that has been released in the last 10 years don't just problems like stop Uh just problem solving it that's bad and you gotta you gotta chill on it and sit in a feeling for like a minute (laughs) yeah and even the like even what seems cheap right like a lot a lot of what we read about and learned was just being like it sounds like you're saying you're angry like for most adults, that would be kind of, you know, like a frustrating thing to hear. Yeah. Like, yeah. But they're not adults. But yeah. That's crazy. Kids like are just like, oh, you're listening to me. That's a good thing. Yeah. You know? And they're also like trying to develop the vocabulary. Which I is- also do like it when you're like, it sounds like you're angry to me. <laughs> yeah. Not that I ever really expressed that particular feeling, um, but, you know, 
just as an example. So a big thing that happened for me when I started doing therapy in Austin was uh, I would start talking about something that was upsetting me. And I would start going through why it was upsetting and like the different factors I had identified and the concerns that I had. And my therapist would stop me and say, what is the feeling you're having right now? And it was like all the lights would turn Uh off and all the doors would shut. And it was like, uh, and I had no connection to it whatsoever. It was like. I I felt like something had happened to my brain and all of my processes had shut down because like the part of me that like reasons through something felt very disconnected from like the emotional part. There, I, I think this is very much our like our thing, and I do not think it is terribly uncommon in this in this modern age mm-hmm. of like full uh, when you go into survival mode or problem solving mode or let's fix it mode there is a like full-blown dissociation from your own body that you kind of that that comes as a natural uh like side effect of that yeah and recognizing that uh i've never done group therapy but i think it would be hugely beneficial for me like recognizing that is like a genuine like a, a a reawakening of sorts of like wait a minute my body feels stuff and i should probably pay a little bit of attention to it yeah so i read a lot of articles about kind of why it's so hard to express your emotions like where that comes from uh there was an article in the atlantic in 2015 called how to get better at expressing emotions simple right across the plate <laughs> love it um And they recommend doing what they call a physiological check. So like ask yourself when you're when you're feeling something happening to your body, like where is this coming from? Is this anxiety related to the communication I'm about to make, a decision I'm about to make, an email I'm about to send? Where is the irritation coming from? Just kind of like noticing tension in your body and trying to kind of check in with yourself because... It is that lack of vocabulary and awareness that like makes it kind of a weak muscle. Like mm-hmm. for me, that's what was so surprising is I have always been somebody who felt like I can find the words and I can say them. Like that is something I felt confident about. Like it is easy for me to communicate with people because I have the resources. And then when I got to the emotion, I was like, uh-oh, I have no words. <laughs> it was like, it was shocking. Uh, and so that's that's what the physiological check is all about is like, trying to build that awareness and that skill. Yeah. God, that would be, um, that, that's such a, God, I wish I was good at that. <laughs> I'm trying. Well, and so much of it too, I think a lot about how like technology has changed things because when I was like in middle school and high school, the coolest thing you could be was like indifferent, you know, like, yeah. like unconcerned, like if you liked something, you had to be kind of like chill about it. And like, particularly like, and this is probably an experience throughout the world, but being somebody who grew up in the Midwest, the whole concept of trying to make yourself stand out was like a shameful thing, you know, like liking something and putting it out there and being vulnerable was like a thing that you shouldn't do. 
you know? And so I feel like this ability to like express when you were upset or like happy or excited, you had to be very like thoughtful. Like, is this going to be okay? How's everyone else going to receive this? Like, if I say I like Weezer, am I prepared to name 10 songs by Weezer? Because it now. <laughs> Sweater song. My name is Jonas. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Creep. That's Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> They probably covered it at some point. <laughs> there you go. Um, I think part of the reason, so there's a New York Times article. It's funny. A lot of these came out in 2020. <laughs> I, hey, yeah, man. There's a New York Times article in 2020 called Why Talking About Our Problems Helps So Much. Uh, and it talks about when you are feeling an intense feeling, your amygdala is running the show. That's the part of your brain that handles your fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. And it is your job as a whole to figure out if something is a threat and devise a response to the threat. Uh, So when you get stressed, this part of your brain takes control and can override just everything else. Uh, Whereas if this is research from UCLA says that if you start putting those feelings into word, you can diminish the response of the amygdala, which over time will make you less stressed about something. So if you got in a car accident, being in a car immediately afterward could overwhelm you. But as you talk through your experience and put your feelings into words, you can get back in the car without having the same emotional reaction. That makes sense. My issue is I feel like if I don't talk about how I am feeling, I every time will spiral because I will lose I will lose any context for what like place that feeling has in my in my life and my relationships and my own sort of like self value uh but then when i am able to say that and get a little bit of feedback or mirroring or anything on that it it instantly like flipping a switch this is something that it's been interesting to watch you really develop with like your brothers and your dad like yeah you guys are in business together you have disagreements and it is like critical that you figure them out as fast as possible yeah (laughs) and i feel like you guys have gotten really good at that it's changed the dynamic of our whole of, of our whole family like this was not our home was an incredibly warm and loving home growing up but like as a as adults with their own shit going on like that that skill was not one we were particularly well equipped with yeah i mean you think about kind of the generational like the greatest generation this like generation that grew up like in extreme poverty during wartime and the sense of like the struggle and how important it was to just put your head down and persevere and how that has been kind of passed down and it's getting better obviously with each generation. But um, I think this idea of talking about how you're feeling about something and if you're scared or upset is like a relatively new one. Yeah. (laughs) Which is why I feel like I'm like, Hey, you guys know about this. (laughs) (laughs) Um. There are a lot of reasons, obviously, that it are, it's hard to talk about feelings. There was a Medium article from 2020 that talks about things like avoiding conflict, uh, having a fear of rejection, uh, low self-esteem, uh, and then you believe feelings must be present for you to talk about them. This would happen to me constantly. I would reflect on something and feel like, oh, you know what? That really upset me. But then I would be like, oh, you know what? That the was yesterday. The moment's passed. <laughs> I missed my chance. <laughs> the moment's passed. I should have said something then. Um, it's so unrealistic, too, because, like, I have never, even after, you know, therapy or, 
you know, medication or anything like that. I've never, ever, ever had the experience of feeling upset by something and immediately being like, hey, that upset me when you did like it is always usually for me like a a thing I bring up later when it, you know, I yeah. Have the, the so this was the there. other thing. This is the last thing I'll talk about in the Atlantic article from 2015. They talk about how people that are extroverted tend to have higher emotional expressiveness. Uh, well, yeah. Which like kind of surprised me a little bit. Just thinking like um, how that can be such an advantage of like, I I am ready to talk to anybody at any time. And that just makes me more ready to talk about my feelings because that's part of who I am. Right. You know, whereas me, I'm like more introverted. So a lot of times I won't have that instinct or that awareness right away. And then the moment will pass. And I'm like, well, I guess. Missed, missed my guess window. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there's, uh, there's obviously there's a lot to read about this and it is definitely, it's like, it feels like a muscle. It feels like something that I am, I am working on and now trying to build in our children. Uh, and I don't know, it's been kind of cool to follow that evolution. It's helpful also once mm-hmm. you can do it with your kids, cause it yeah. literally is like, how do you, Hey, how do you feel right now? Oh, Okay. Cool. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's some very helpful data. Which- yeah, there's. I, I read a little bit about that too, and it's just like talking about emotions in different settings with your kids, um, letting them share first, reading stories to help your child build emotional vocabulary, mm-hmm. um, and that helping them understand that emotions are always changing. Mm-hmm. I think there's this like fear of like. Oh, but if I let myself ba- feel bad, I'm going to feel bad forever, you know? Or if I'm angry, I'm going to be angry forever. Yeah. You know? I mean, God, as as we get older and we have this parenting journey, <laughs> I think about Inside Out a lot. Yeah. One of the articles I read, the like therapist, the therapist was like, I'm so grateful because people talk about that now. When as, they're yes. <laughs> as an adult. Seeing that movie and like being sad like, can be good. Good, sad can be good. Sad can Think be good. Like, sad can be good. Are you sure? <laughs> sad can be good, but it's the bad feeling. It's the opposite of the good, happy feeling. Are you sure about that, Pixar? Uh, can I steal you away? Yes. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality. And you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be... The same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell? Uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible 
that's um there for the commercial, the Super Bowl commercial they had. That was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow. background. Yeah, not a lot of people know that. Hey, head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code wonderful pod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. You probably already have a favorite animal. Maybe it's a powerful apex predator like the tiger or a cute and cuddly panda. And those are great, but have you considered something a little more unconventional? Could I perhaps interest you in the Greenland shark, which can live for nearly 400 years? Or maybe the jewel wasp who performs brain surgery on cockroaches to control their minds? On Just the Zoo of Us, we review animals by giving them ratings out of 10 in the categories of effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Listen with friends and family of all ages to find your new favorite animal with Just the Zoo of Us on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. I'm Jordan Cruciola, the host of Feeling Seen, where we talk about the movie characters that make us feel seen. And I'm the show's producer, Marissa. Jordan, you've interviewed so many directors, actors, writers, film critics, and I like to play this little game where I take a sip of coffee every time someone says, that's such a great question. That's such a fabulous question. Or they tell you how smart you are. I think that you are rather brilliant. And of course, the big one is... When, when they, they cry, cry unexpectedly. unexpectedly, yes, yes. Jordan, I don't want to cry on your podcast. I wasn't expecting to <laughs> cry. I mean, it makes me kind of want to cry. Ah. Feeling Seen comes out every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Listen already. What are you waiting for? Jordan, that's such a great question. <laughs> This is going to be a very, it feels like sort of parenting heavy episode because my thing is adjacent to that. I want to talk about the world's best bedtime book. Here goes Joe. Joe Biden again fucking barnstorming our house in his chopper. What's it called, Big Eagle? Oh, I don't know. I think it's called Big Eagle Condor One. I don't think we're supposed to know. I don't think you're supposed to know the name of Joe Biden's helicopter. No. Okay, it's passed. I'm talking about Good Night Moon. Yeah, you were reading this to uh, little Gus the other day. I've read this book to Gus multiple times a night for a very long time, for as long as I've been reading to him. It is like his number one jammer. Henry liked it a lot. I read it to Henry a lot too, but Gus like wants it at, every night and sometimes multiple times. Yeah, Henry, Henry moved very quickly through books and we just started stepping up 
our game so much that now we just we have so many books in this house. We have so many books. Whereas Gus is like Gus has some favorites and he will hit those over and over again and it is delightful, especially if it's like a good book. Ther- if it's like therapeutic in the way that Goodnight Moon yeah. is. Um I I think it's the best like putting a kid to bed book. And I feel like I have I can say that with some authority yeah. because I've probably read it several hundred bedtimes now. The way like the illustration too, like obviously the words are very soothing, but like the pictures are so like I could I could look at any of those. I could print that out and put it on the wall and just be happy just staring love, at I, it. I love yeah. that about you. Um <laughs> it really does particularly for Gus have a a soothing effect. Mm. Um, I I feel like I've seen that firsthand. Not that usually every night I will read to Gus for like 10 or 15 minutes before you come up to do like his bedtime just to kind of like reset him a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Because with Henry, we used to really like, we had a whole process with Henry. Yeah. Where we would like bring him up a half hour before and we would read books and then we would like, spend all this time winding down with Gus it's like 10 minutes (laughs) well and then you rock him to sleep for 45 minutes like don't make it sound like (laughs) no like that's no the 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 wind down time is shorter and the bedtime routine is longer perhaps unsurprisingly (laughs) um so uh good night moon was written by margaret wise brown uh with illustrations from clement hurd uh, and it was first published in 1947, where it kind of flopped. Only 6,000 copies were sold that that fall. That yeah, I mean, out. you judge a book by its cover, right? You're like, oh, good oh okay, good okay, okay whatever. Uh, it wasn't picked <laughs> up in like libraries, which is like a huge circulation wow. thing back then. And it wasn't until the baby boom that it kind of started to grow exponentially uh, in step with the baby population (laughs) of the country um, because there were so many babies. And I imagine folks were just desperate for anything, anything that can help these rowdy, rambunctious, uh, you know, uh, post-World War II babies. Yeah, they've got like six of them in their house. They all have to go to sleep. They all got to go to sleep. (laughs) Um, as of 2017, it had sold nearly 50 million copies. That was, you know, six years ago now. So obviously it's much higher than that. It was selling roughly 700,000 copies annually back in 2017. So who knows how that number has increased with the COVID baby boom that has, have we figured out if that's happened? I mean, we did it. So like, don't make a face at me. We did it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that was what we were calling it though. COVID baby boom. There's probably a better name for it. Well, I didn't know that was a fact, I guess. It seemed like a lot of people had babies, but there was also nothing else going on. Nothing else to do but but make boom boom. Oh, no. That sounds like poop. That's like poop. Oh, no. Isn't it? You wouldn't call that thing that. I want to back out of the room. Can Rachel I do is that? slowly, but wait, that's the balcony. No. <laughs> um, so if you've not read Goodnight Moon, that's wild. Like, that's wild that you've made it this far. Um, it's. It's a very sort of hypnotic rhyming poem about a young anthropomorphic bunny rabbit and his ritual of saying goodnight to yeah. everything that he's he can just see. looking around the room just and just saying room. goodnight to stuff. I cannot think of a more iconic or memorable opening line in all of bedtime literature than in the great green room. There was a telephone and a red balloon and a picture of the cow jumping over the moon. Like, that is very good. I'm not a poems guy. <laughs> you know me. But that is like, that hits so right for me 
every single time. I could probably recite the book from memory, which is not that impressive, I think, because it is quite short and I have read it several hundred times out loud. Um, What's your favorite part? I mean, the fucking drop of... Uh, and a comb and a brush and a bowl full of mush and a quiet old lady who's whispering hush. Yes, me Can't too. Beat it. And then, of course, the book is sort of a, uh, there's probably a good fancy, like, you know, language word for it where it <laughs> builds its way up of him looking around the room and seeing all of these things that are in the great green room. And then it kind of starts over and then he says goodnight to everything in the room. And so in the second yeah. repetition of it, it says, uh, goodnight comb, goodnight brush. Good night, nobody. Good night, mush. And good night to the old lady whispering hush. It fits good night, nobody into it. Yeah. Which isn't, which is so silly and, and, and funny. And it just to fit kind of the meter of the poem, this bunny rabbit says good night to nobody, uh, which I love so much. That's obviously the best. Do you have a, no, that's the part. The whispering hush, like that. Good night to the old lady. That's such a lovely phrase. It's all very, very good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Gus loves the book. We read it every night when he's, like, too rowdy to sit through, like, a Gerald and Piggy, you know, something from the Boynton collection. That's uh, what I, I will say. Like, having Henry and getting so intense on books, we have such a great library for Gus now. Yes. Like, I I really, I've bought maybe two books since he was born because yes. we had so many just ready to go. It's. Not, I also want to stress that, like, it is not, I don't just like the book because of the positive calming effect that it has on our kids. Like I feel personally soothed by reading it partially because like I get to bust out my, I don't know if this is a thing you do or know about, but like my bedtime reading voice, like my gentle parenting, like half whisper, like in the great green room, like gentle (laughs) pseudo ASMR, like reading voice to help the boy calm down. I genuinely love doing that. I find it as therapeutic as I hope that our, our son finds it. Well, and I think it's also a nice contrast because I feel like you also have a gear where you're reading like a, a, you oh, know, my Gerald and Piggy voice your Gerald is like full-blown. Full or like a pigeon book where you're just like all characters, yeah. all emotion. When I'm reading Happy Pig Day, I'm like off the fucking walls. I'm Robin Williams over here. <laughs> Good night, Moon, though. I dial it in. Um, I found this great quote uh, from the wiki article about Good Night, Moon uh, from a children's book academic named uh, Ellen Handler Spitz. Uh, she wrote a book called Inside Picture Books. She writes like exclusively uh, pretty much about sort of like child psychology by way of, you know, child literature. Um, and she wrote this, and I think this is so gorgeous. The psychological function of the surviving objects in Goodnight Moon is profound. They teach young children that life can be trusted, that life has stability, reliability, and durability. Oh, that's good. I think like... I, maybe that's like another reason why this book brings me just as much comfort as I, I'm sure it does for our children to hear it. Like it is a book about the comfort of the things you know in your safest place yeah. and how they were there when you go to sleep and they will be there when you wake up. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like we still do that a lot with Henry of like, kind of that like gratitude thing of just like you know like what what is in this space and that yeah. you're grateful for I mean I I Henry's bedtime song for 
maybe a couple of years now, uh, has been a song from Adventure Time called Everything Stays. Such a beautiful song. Which is incredible. Every I could do time, my own sort of segment yeah. just on that song. Every it's time I listen to it, the thing that really strikes me is that he picked that song. He did. He found it on a YouTube kids it's video such a that showed up. Bedtime song. And it's incredible. It's about uh, let's go in the garden. You'll find something waiting right there where you left it lying upside down. Yeah. When you finally find it, you'll see how it's faded. The underside is lighter where you. Uh, when you turn it around. Yeah. So like everything stays right where you left it. Everything stays, but it still changes ever so slightly, daily and nightly in little ways. Everything stays. It's it's uh, so, so perfect. And I think that actually there is a lot in common with, with Good Night. Yeah. This feeling of like, this feeling of safety, this feeling of security, which is as an adult, non-existent, <laughs> as a child, like fleeting and and very easy to like disrupt and break. And so I love any sort of bedtime ritual that reinforces that. And it just so happens I have not thought about it until you mentioned that. Yeah. That that is for both of our kids kind of the the go-to thing. Um, yeah. And is I'm sure like the go-to thing for all parents who are trying to like get their kids to calm down and go to sleep. This feeling of like you are, this is the safest place in the world for you. Yeah, and, yeah. And Good Night Moon does that better than anything else. I don't remember... I'm sure this book was read to me as a child. I'm sure of it, right? Yeah. I remember seeing it in our home. I have a fucking terrible memory of my childhood in general, but I really feel like it wasn't until I was a parent and used it myself that I like really fell in love with it. And yeah, I mean, I don't remember it either, but I think that's because like my memory of being read to starts with like chapter books. Yeah, you know, sure. like it starts with the ongoing story that you continued every night. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, man, I, I, it's probably my, f my favorite book to read to our, to our kids, uh, because I, f it is a rare thing where I feel like I am getting as much sort of uh -huh. comfort out of it as they are hearing it. And that yeah. is an incredibly special sort of symbiotic thing that, that happens sometimes when you I are would, parenting. I would love to know, for those of you that are in the wonderful Facebook group, if there are other really good bedtime oh, books. Oh, for sure. I the, mean, I'm like, sure there are, but I would love to hear more of them. Yeah. <laughs> because bedtime with Gus in particular is more challenging. He just has a lot more energy than yeah. Henry. And like any way we can get this child to like switch gears. Mm-hmm. Welcome advice. Welcome, please. Um, hey, we got some submissions from our friends at home. Yeah. I remembered and have them ready to go. Um, our first one here is from Nathaniel, who says, My small wonder this week is Manhattan Hinge, which is a brief period when the setting sun aligns exactly with Manhattan's buildings. City blocks, including traffic, will sometimes stop to admire. It only lasts uh, a few days a year, and it's gorgeous. Have you heard of this before? No. It's like, you know... Uh, a, a specific window out of the year where when the sun sets, it sets perfectly down, you know, the main, I don't, I'm not familiar enough with Manhattan's sort of yeah. geography, but you know how there's those long streets oh, where it's just, you yeah. can see, you know, way, way down the distance and just these huge buildings sort of surround you on yeah. the left and the right, uh, where the sun will shine directly down it. And oh. it, I've seen pictures of it before. I've never seen it in person because I don't know when the fuck it happens. Oh, yeah. Um, but it it is it is uh, very, very cool. Um, Bo says, my small wonder is easy watching TV. Nowadays, a lot of YouTube and podcasts qualify as such, but just having something to play in the background of a craft or chore that you can follow along and enjoy while half your brain is occupied. 
Yeah, of a course. lot of the TV we watch, I would say, falls into this category. Yeah, I mean, particularly shows uh, that do a lot of recap. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, or they like follow a particular pattern. You know, it was funny is my my friend Alex was in a hotel recently. She's traveling for work, and I was like, "What do you What do you watch? Do you watch Friends? Do you watch The Office?" And she was like. Uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives. Yes, baby. And I was yes, like, yes, Alex. Yes, of course you do. Of course, Alex. That's yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the other one. <laughs> I will never forget. We went to shit. What was the, I did forget? What What's the town in Texas that everybody goes to, and it has the Magic Mountain, and there's like wineries there. Oh, um, so it's. Uh, not Fredericksburg. Or Fredericksburg. Is, is it Fredericksburg? It is Fredericksburg. Okay. Uh, we went there once. We rented a house. This was before we had kids. Yeah, uh, not a lot to do in Fredericksburg. We walked. We walked up the Magic Mountain, which was a very quick hike. Yeah. Um, and then we like went, went out to, to like, a really uh, great dinner. Really, really, really nice restaurant. And we walked down the street and like bought some fudge or something like that. And yeah. we went back to our room, and it was like. Five thirty, <laughs> and so we just fucking chilled in bed and ate fudge and watched diners, drive-ins, and dives and guys' grocery <laughs> games, and it was like a pretty chill time. Boy, howdy, a very Guy Fieri heavy episode <laughs> this week. This week is all about parenting and Guy Fieri. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thank you to Bowen and Augustus for these for our theme song. Money won't pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Um and Griffin's uh, Griffin's gonna be uh in your in your real life face uh a number of times these next few weeks. Yes, coming up uh here in a couple of weeks, middle of June. Please go to macro.family to find the specific dates and schedule and stuff. But me and Travis are going to be at Awesome Con here in DC. I'm excited to hear about this con. I don't know anything. It looks about very it. I mean, it looks awesome. It looks very cool. You know anybody else who's gonna be there? Uh it's huge. It's a it's a it's a pretty big con. Big deal. There's a lot of people that are gonna be there. Right. Um so uh, yeah, that'll be great. And then we have some live shows coming up in Raleigh and Richmond. Uh, yeah. And then next month, well, wait, when do you hear this? No, it's still May. In July, we're going to be doing uh, Mabim Bam and Taz, I think, and, uh, during San Diego Comic-Con, which will be rad also. Yeah, uh, and if, if if we can get our childcare situation figured out, maybe we can do a wonderful. Oh, that would be great. At some point on that tour. That would be so fun. We will let you know. We'll let you know. Um, that's it. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, tomorrow, I guess, is June starts. We'll have new merch over at McElroyMerch.com uh, for you to check out. So uh, go watch that. Go to the McElroy Family YouTube channel and subscribe. We're live streaming there like a, a few times a week, and it's really fun. And a lot of times that Griffin and his brothers will play video games, and it's such, it's, it's soothing to we watch. We do have fun for, to watch, not to play. <laughs> no, not to play. But every way we play video games is wrong. And bad. We do a Mario, Super Mario World playthrough now where we split the controller up and I jump and just, Justin hits the tongue and cape button and Travis moves left to right. It's fucking rough stuff. It's so, it's it's, it's so funny to watch y'all and your like shorthand with each other in, in your years of video game experience mm -hmm. as a unit. Yeah. And after every stream of that, we do call each other and we do unpack our, the feelings we gave each other. <laughs> the very bad feelings that came up during that playthrough. Anyway, that's it. See you next week. Thanks Bye. everyone. Bye. Bye.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.